Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Glad to have the president of Judicial Watch. It is Tom Fitton, judicialwatch.org. Tom, how are you? Happy New Year. Hey, good to be with you, Joe. Happy New Year to you. You, you know, uh, it's still, really good to have you. It's, Go it's good. Christmas season. It is. Uh, you know, it feels like the Christmas season. I'm here in Texas, but it's going to get really cold Monday. Yeah. So it's still, still going to feel like the Christmas season for a while. And we're still joyous, although 2024 has come out of the box pretty weird, in my opinion. L- let's get into a story that I broke to my um, uh, to my listeners and viewers yesterday about Ashley Babbitt and her family. I didn't realize off the bat, I'm glad we have you on today, that it was you guys that are bringing this suit against the government. Are you bringing the suit against Byrd, the, the guy who shot Ashley Babbitt, or against the government? No, we're suing the United States government. So the government's responsible for Byrd's actions. He's an employee of the U.S. Capitol Police and Congress and the federal government. And, and that's who you sue for a wrongful death action like we're bringing, our lawyers are bringing, uh, for Aaron Babbitt, who is the widower of Ashley and Ashley's estate. We're suing out in California, the Southern District there in the San Diego area. Uh, but, you know, it's a straightforward lawsuit. I mean, yeah. it was a bad police shooting, right? And there are certain claims that arise from that. Uh, there was no good reason to shoot Ashley Babbitt. Uh, he broke about every rule in the book when it came to uh, a situation like that and, and misusing his firearm, uh, resulting in her uh, death. And uh, it was uh, an unlawful homicide, in our view. And let's be clear here, because, you know, there's this story about January 6th. And this is why, in my view, Lieutenant Byrd hasn't faced sufficient accountability. Uh, Ashley Babbitt was the only homicide victim on January 6th. And it was the result of a reckless act by a U.S. Capitol Police officer. I'm glad you brought that up to, well, Tom, let me stop you, because just two days ago, Joe Biden said he and Jill went to funerals of police officers that were killed that day or that died that day. And this is the narrative that's been around for three plus years now. Do you, in bringing the suit, have to break through the narrative that a jury pool probably believes? Well, you know, the videos are going to show what the videos show, which is that uh, this poor woman was in the window and he shot her. You know, I'm sorry. I can't get past it. I've watched the video repeatedly. I'm not a lawyer. All I know is I can't believe he shot her. I just can't believe he shot her. And we have new information in the complaint, including information about the radio call he made within a minute saying shots fired, shots fired at me. In fact, he was the only person who had shot anyone. 
So what, what? And, and we, we first heard about that yesterday. Well, we first heard about that yesterday. That's such a vital piece of information that I never heard before. No. He literally shoots and kills her, then radios in and says he's being shot at. Right. Which we know didn't happen. Nobody had a firearm but him. And, you know, and, and, you know, there were issues about his misconduct in the past. It's been reported previously that he left his loaded service weapon in the bathroom in the Capitol Visitor Center, which is the main entrance way for the public to visit the United States Capitol complex. Right. Uh, but separately, we uh, have information in that lawsuit, and we allege that he had fired his weapon at his own car. It, it looks like, based on what we see, that uh, some some kids had tried to take his car. He fired at them, and bullets went all over the place. It looks like. Wow. Well, so, Tom, why, why was the why was the Capitol Police why was the Capitol Police so fast to examine? There's a little bit of a delay, and I don't mean to talk over you because what you're saying is so important. Why was the Capitol Police so quick to exonerate this guy? Oh, politics. I mean, you know, we can guess what happened, uh, but. There was a whole narrative on January 6th that was being leveraged by the left Borg and Democrats to try to jail, impeach, impeach Trump first, right, and then try to jail their political opponents. Uh, they first started with January 6th protesters, uh, some who deserved prosecution, many others who probably didn't. Right. And on top of that, uh, they followed through uh, with these absurd prosecutions of President Trump. Uh, here in D.C. and Fulton County, uh, which doesn't seem to be turning out the way some have anticipated, uh, and and prosecutions of state party officials and other activists who were disputing the election throughout. January 6th, is, of course, is the fulcrum to justify this tyrannical uh, regime prosecution right. of its political opposition. It's Tom Fitton, JudicialWatch.org. Go there and support everything they do. Incredible organization. He's the president. Um, when I watched the video, and I watched it several times, it's been a little bit since I've seen it, but I watched the video. She is crawling through the window, and I don't think he ever says, stop, police. I don't think he ever identifies himself at all. It's a guy in a suit who takes out a gun and shoots her. Um, and then when they, wide out, when they widen out a little bit, and you see her on the ground as she's dying, Tom, from being shot for no reason, 100-pound lady, she wasn't armed, she wasn't saying, I'm going to get you, I'm going to kill people. Um, I, I don't know what put her in that position to be going through the window, that doesn't really matter. What I do know is there are uniformed police officers behind her the whole time. I mean, they're, they're wearing these big blue outfits or dark or black outfits that say police all over them. They could have grabbed her, they could have put her in some sort of a, a handcuff situation or the zip ties that they use, and it all would have been over. She would easily have been subdued by them why is, does the guy on the other side do the shooting? Do, do we have any idea? I mean, it just highlights the recklessness of it. I mean, he shot into a crowd. Yeah. I, you know, uh, Joe, I mean, you've been around law enforcement a long time. Yeah. You know, we've, and as citizens, we all see what happens when there's a police shooting like this. There's a serious grand jury investigation. And, you know, and woe to the police officer who discharges his firearm, even in justified circumstances. And in this case, evidently, where there was no justification, he got a completely different tre he got completely different treatment by both yes. the Justice Department and the Capitol Hill police. And, you know, what's interesting about all of this, um, and I, I want to go back to that window thing, because, you know, this isn't in the lawsuit. I'm just responding as someone sure. watching these videos. You know, she was distressed. The video shows she was distressed. She saw what was going on. And it, I have it in my head that I think she was looking for safety and going through that window. You could be right. Yeah. 
And, and there was no reason whatsoever to shoot her. He ambushed, as the lawsuit alleges, he ambushed her and shot her dead. And, uh, you know, there's got to be some justice here. There's got to be some accountability. And, and it leads to the next question is, how is this case going to proceed, right? It's right. the U.S. government. The Congress has equities, right, in this case. It's the U.S. Capitol Police. What's Speaker Johnson's position going to be on uh, this big issue? of uh, Ashley Babbitt shooting death. Does he think it was okay? It's a, it's a great question. Does this, this has often been maligned in the media and even on my show, I'll be honest with you, when people call in, they get confused about this. Is it or is it not the Speaker of the House's ultimate job to, to be the leader of the Capitol Police? In other words, a chief, there are captains, but the Speaker of the House literally can direct them. Can, can he or she not? Well, the way it works is there's a Capitol Hill Police Board. And there's an appointee of the president there through the architect of the Capitol. He's appointed by the president, confirmed by the United States Senate, the Senate sergeant of arms. So he works for the majority. He's an appointee of the majority. Right. In that case, it was McConnell's appointee who was Capitol uh, on, on the board at the time. Now it's Schumer's. And then uh, the House has their appointee. So the House speaker uh, has a significant role in the sense that his uh, sergeant of arms, the House sergeant of arms, his appointee, is on the Capitol Hill Police Board. And so how's this going to work? It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, back then, it was McConnell and Pelosi uh, and Trump's appointee, the architect of the Capitol, plus the chief of police who there is, I think, as an ex-officio member. Right. But now there's a different makeup. It is uh, Tom Fitton, Judicial Watch, judicialwatch.org. So it begs the question, could Mike Johnson right now decide to open a, 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 some sort of investigation on Byrd's actions that day, although he's been exonerated from this internal investigation. Capitol Police investigated the Capitol Police. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, so an internal investigation exonerates him. Nancy Pelosi, I believe, is on record. Certainly others are, saying he saved lives that day by doing what he did. Can Mike Johnson reopen this thing? Sure. I mean, the House can investigate anything at once. Okay. In this regard, I mean, it's the operations of the U.S. Capitol Police. How, how, how can the House not investigate it? And then separately, obviously, he has a has influence with the Capitol Hill Police Board as the Speaker of the House. And generally speaking, my impression is when it comes to the operations of the Capitol complex and the security, the House is kind of seen, the, the Speaker is seen as the mayor, right? Yes. It, not officially, but practically, he has probably influence that goes beyond uh, as what I'm describing in terms of just having one appointee on the police board. It is uh, Tom Fitton, JudicialWatch.org. Go and support everything they do. Incredible investigations, incredible I mean, stories. They, they fund the police. I mean, there's no... Right. And, and you know, and right now, we're in court trying to get the January 6th videos. Congress is opposing us. There are emails. Congress is opposing us. All sorts of things Speaker Johnson can be doing above and beyond what he's currently doing, which is... I guess, releasing some videos in a seemingly piecemeal fashion. Hey, hey, well, he's doing that. Plus, he's also agreeing with Schumer on, on you know, increasing our debt, which is crazy. That's another story for another day, I guess. Well, you know, to me, this is all part of a piece, right? You know, uh, we need we need leadership that's going to kind of take uh, really aggressive steps for government accountability, because I right. think we're in crisis and like a shooting death. On January 6th, supposedly the worst day in the history of America, according to the left Borg, and, and we can't get much accountability there other than Judicial Watch pursuing a lawsuit independently. Where's our Justice Department? Where's the D.C. police? Where is Congress? 
Tom, what's, uh, what's amazing to me is that you and I have been talking about January 6th since it happened, probably a few days afterwards you came on. And we've been saying, I've been saying this the entire time, who benefited from what happened on January 6th? And it certainly wasn't Donald Trump. It wasn't a conservative movement in this country. Who benefited was Joe Biden. Who benefited was the Uniparty. Who benefited was those who want to shut down any sort of um, uh, voice that would be loud enough to be heard. And like you said, those who rioted, arrest them. Those who vandalized, arrest them. Everybody else, it was, as CNN would report, a mostly peaceful protest that day. In fact, it was a mostly peaceful assembly. They weren't even protesting. The people that were listening to Trump speak down the road were not protesting. They were listening and cheering him on. And then they, most of them marched down to the Capitol and did nothing. There's a 70-year-old woman took a selfie inside, and she's arrested and facing all sorts of weird charges. So how do we get to the bottom of this? You and I both know what I just said is true. The benefit was not for Donald Trump. He wasn't trying to overthrow anything. They were telling the people in the Senate and the House, yes, challenge the electors if you find them to be fraudulent or in question. And they couldn't do that because of January 6th. That all went away, and they certified the election. So how do we get the real story out, I guess, is the long, the long way to get to a simple question. Well, through litigation like this, uh, if I were con- if I were in the House, I would retract the January sixth report and begin anew. I mean, that doesn't mean you have to do hearings and such, but it just means you do a more serious analysis and investigation. Right. Uh, if the next honest president, I think, should uh, look into mass uh, massively pardoning and commuting the sentences of those already serving or who've already. Uh, uh, or who are, yeah, who already are serving, right? And let them out because this Justice Department can't be trusted. You know, I we say arrest the rioters. Well, I mean that assumes that there's like a process that you can trust, and this Justice Department politicized that process. True. And they didn't treat the rioters the same they have treated others involved in civil disturbances. And the, you know, and they always lecture us. We have to be nuanced, right, in our analysis of public events. What happened on January sixth? There were uh, illegal activities by uh, citizens. Right. There were illicit activities by the police. Right. Uh, there was that shooting death, and there were other people who were just there, as we point out, and weren't doing anything wrong. And you know, you had the police because they were poorly trained and didn't have sufficient security as a result of political decision making by Pelosi and others. Uh, you know, oh, we started attacking the crowd in some respects. Right. As well. And did it mean that the violence toward the police are justified? No, but that's the nuance, right? And, of course, the Justice Department and everyone else doesn't want to talk about all of this. I mean, the only people who are sensible are January 6th are folks like us who are concerned about the rule of law breaking down there and trying to figure out how it happened. And there's a political party and a left party. uh, You know, the left um, narrative wants to just blame one particular person, Donald Trump. Right. And that doesn't make any sense to any normal American. Well, it doesn't. I think you know, all normal Americans just want the truth, left or right. I think they want the truth. And they're not getting the truth. We're getting a narrative. And a lot of people on that one side believe exa- they're all insurrectionists. Donald Trump ginned it up. He incited everything. He wanted to, to overturn the election. He refused to leave. Now he's a dictator if he gets reelected, which is crazy. It's Tom Fitton, JudicialWatch.org. I want to get into Hunter Biden quickly. Hunter Biden shows up, defies a subpoena to Congress, does a little dog and uh, pony show outside in front of the cameras and microphones gets back in the suv and leaves now if his name is peter navarro he's going to go he's going to be charged with contempt of congress we still haven't seen anything yet what should happen with this well there's going to be a referral to uh the justice department the u.s attorney here in the district of columbia from 
Congress. Uh, I think the vote is going to, I don't know if it's the full House vote will take place tomorrow, but certainly the committee vote reporting it to the full House will take place tomorrow. And um, now we're going to have to wonder, or now we're going to have to wait for the Biden Justice Department to figure out whether they want to prosecute Hunter Biden for contempt. I mean, the challenge is, in addition to the obvious conflict of interest, right. is that Joe endorsed his contempt to commutatious conduct, right? I think that's the word they use in the right. in the law. Uh, and so is Hunter going to be prosecuted, but will also Joe? And that would be my question. And something that Congress probably doesn't want anyone to know is that they have the authority, the each individual house, uh, to arrest and detain someone who's in contempt of their proceedings uh, to enforce uh, the subpoena. So if they wanted to, they could reinforce or, or reestablish the rules under which they arrest those who are in contempt. Uh, it doesn't mean they obviously can uh, throw out the rule of law there, uh, but they can take separate independent action to enforce the subpoena beyond just referring it and relying on the Justice Department to prosecute, which only prosecutes based on politics in these in this in this day and age unfortunately a couple of interesting things that happened that day one he said my father was never financially involved in my business dealings that's a nut that's a new spin on how joe was or wasn't in the know and then kjp kareem jean pierre later when asked about it said of course the president knew what his son was going to say does that mean that he was aiding and abetting the contempt of congress i mean that was kind of odd to me when i heard that well, I'm sure a grand jury will be convened immediately and question Joe Biden directly. <laughs> yeah. on, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna hold my breath on that one, Tom. <laughs> you know, that was the court hearing today. Is Congress, or I mean, is the President of the United States immune from criminal prosecution? And uh, I tell you, uh, if they say that Trump uh, isn't immune for criminal prosecution for acts he took as President of the United States, all bets are off. Yes. Or Joe, Obama, and who knows who else? Well, their backs are against the wall. He's going to be found to have immunity because you're right. Everybody down the line is going to be called in then if he doesn't. Well, my guess is the left is thinking uh, the Republicans never will do that. <laughs> they might be right, Tom. You know, it's never you know? for, you know, from the left's perspective is the Republicans warn that, oh, we're going to go. They'll come after us. It never happens. Yeah. It's true. I wish that it would, but it's starting to look more like the Uniparty. Mike Johnson, not very impressed in the past couple of days with this whole budget stuff, but hopefully he'll step up and do something else better. Tom, it's been too long. you you got to come back on uh, again. Go and support Judicial Watch. JudicialWatch.org. He's the president. It's Tom Fitton. Tom, thanks a million. Hey, you're welcome. Thank you, Joe. All right, brother. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pegg Show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And I would do it, Carrie, but we're out of time. Frank, give it this hour. Oh, no. no I'm not, not going to do it. No. Oh, okay. 
No? Hmm. Uh, no? There you go. Tom Fitton, uh, they're bringing the lawsuit. We're going to keep an eye on that for sure. We'll have him back next hour. It's going to be Peter St. Ange. He is an economist, and he's got the real story about the debt, about the deficit, about what Speaker Johnson's doing, about what the economy's really doing, the unemployment rate, and more. Joe Pag Show coming back. Stay here. This is the Joe Pag Show.